Hello everybody and welcome to our latest episode of A Beginner's Guide to Formula One. This week, Jared and I are going to be talking about our biggest takeaways from the British Grand Prix, some team updates on our chosen mid-table team between McLaren and Renault, and discussing many other topics just related to the world of Formula One. But before we get started, um, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, so we can help make better content for everyone. So Jared, how would you get us started off? What are your biggest takeaways from the British Grand Prix this weekend? So I'll I'll start with Ferrari. Um, I, I Charles Leclerc had an, another really good race, performing a race weekend, performing well despite Ferrari's apparent free, inferiority. You know, he did he showed really good pace. Obviously, qualifying in fourth, um, only a tenth behind Verstappen too, which is which is pretty impressive for how you know how bad the Ferrari is this year. Yeah, um, I think Ferrari is getting better this year though. And their car is. Um, Vettel is obviously still having some struggles. But, I mean, for all their struggles, they Leclerc has gotten them two podiums in the four races. So, I mean, it's not terrible. Um, they might still be battling with McLaren instead of Red Bull this year, but um, that's a big takeaway. My my second one that I'm sure you guys were all thinking about is the tires. Um, and, and especially with, with Lewis Hamilton, it was actually, like, not a very great weekend for him in terms of his, like, performance he spun during qualifying in q2 got into the gravel tire puncture obviously on the last lap wasn't obviously entirely his fault entirely his fault but he had a you know some not the spot not a spotless weekend that we usually expect from him so i thought that was interesting what about you lucas um well i think relating to what you mentioned with lewis hamilton just mercedes looked less than invincible for the first time in a while again not entirely up to the drivers but both Hamilton and Bottas had tire issues. Um, Hamilton ended up, I mean, it just, I think, speaks to his skill and just a little bit of his luck that he was able to win anyway, despite having, yeah. you know, a lot of those issues. And I also talked about Ferrari, but instead of talking about Charles Leclerc, um, Sebastian Vettel, I think this showed that he's just sort of past his peak of relevancy <laughs> at this point. He doesn't seem to be yeah. really giving it all on his last year in Ferrari. And, like, you could make the car excuse, but then you see Charles Leclerc have two podiums already this year. Yeah, while he finished that's true. Tenth. He couldn't seem to make moves the entire time. And it just seems like he's kind of phoning in his last year with Ferrari, if we're being honest. So. It is fair to, to question if how much the fire is there. I, I mean, I think he said that during the offseason, that he wasn't sure how much, if he had the motivation to race anymore, I believe. But, yeah. yeah. Who knows? And then one last one. Not really much analysis related to it, but I just feel really bad for Nico Hulkenberg. He finally yeah. came back this year, got his ride with Racing Point um, after Perez got his um, or got COVID and couldn't race, and then the car just didn't start and he couldn't run at all. So he went through that whole crazy process of coming back <laughs> and just he couldn't race at all. So I feel yeah, bad that's, for Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> that's crazy that they just they couldn't get the car started. You know, that, I don't know. That just yeah. kind of baffles me. Yeah, yeah, one I thing agree. I wanted to add to looking ahead to next week, I feel like almost certainly teams are going to do more two-stop tra- strategies. Everybody tried to do a one-stop, you know, um, on like the mediums and hards. But the tires, the tire compounds are going to be even softer this week. It's going to be, last week it was the three high, three hardest tires. Now they're getting a little bit softer. Um, so it, it will it will be cooler next weekend though. It Like th- this weekend, uh it reached over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I think it was the hottest ever, like, recorded day in the history of England. Like, a few days oh, wow. before that, too. So. Jeez. Yeah, so this weekend it's only going to be, like, around 70 degrees Fahrenheit. 
So they might be able to get away with one stop still, but I, I feel like you would want to stop twice after seeing after seeing that, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll I know see. Pirelli also said they're going to try and improve the quality of tires for this weekend, but mm-hmm. who really knows how that will go. Yeah. Um, looking into our specific midfield teams, as Lucas mentioned, uh, why don't you give us a little analysis slash update on Renault, Lucas? So it was a great weekend for my boys at Renault. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo finished just outside the podium in fourth place. His best finish ever with Renault and his highest finish since the last Grand Prix of the 2018 season when he was still with Red Bull. So great for him. You know, the car survived, which is more than a lot of other people could say. So he slid into fourth. <laughs> and Esteban Ocon also did very well, finishing in sixth. Yeah. So overall, they did great. Their tires didn't fall apart. They both drove well and put themselves in great point scoring positions. So for Renault this weekend, two thumbs up. Yeah, they de- they definitely did have a good weekend. They're, they're starting to, I think, solve their reliability issues as well that they had in the first couple of races. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, too, that Daniel Ricciardo, this is his best finish with Renault. For, fourth yeah. is his best finish. Not yeah. even a podium. It's crazy. Especially coming from someone who at one point was like third overall in the driver's standings at the end of a season for like him being fourth in a race to be like his best in two years is crazy. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, what about McLaren? How'd they do this weekend? Um, It would have been a great weekend if not for Carlos Sainz puncture at the end of the race. So dropping him out of points too. He was in P4 at the time. So that's a real bummer. But they, they did have some really good teamwork um, right after the second safety car when Kvyat got, uh, got in a crash. Signs. It was signs. Ricardo and Norris, and then signs held up Ricardo so that Norris could go around the outside on a turn. It was in like lap nineteen or early twenties. Mm-hmm. They have super great teamwork at McLaren. Um, so that was a cool move to see. Um, I think they. I think they should. Yeah, like I said, they should look at a two stop strategy next race to mitigate the damage. <clears throat> As a team, they they have. So it's interesting. They have the reliability of a Mercedes but not yet the speed like they they and mercedes are the only teams to have both drivers finish every race like carlos Sainz still finished this race same with Bottas. they still technically cross the finish line and they're the only team to have both drivers make it into q3 every every weekend Mm -hmm. so like they have man they have a good car and they're going to mercedes engine next year so like i mean they could be they could be even more dangerous with ricardo and norris too yeah i agree i think dangerous next year Especially with Ricardo coming in, like we'll talk about science later, but I think it's a pretty established fact that Ricardo, at least at his peak, is a better driver than science. So with that car and with the Mercedes engine, mm-hmm. I think him and Norris could do really good things next year. Yeah, they could be dangerous. Um, already looking ahead to next year, though, because uh... exactly, <laughs> it doesn't look like anybody else, but Mercedes is gonna, you know, yeah. play the title this year. Yeah. So speaking of Carlos Sainz, um, next year he's gonna be moving to Ferrari. So, do you think he still has a lot to prove to the Ferrari fans before he makes that big move, taking over for Vettel next year? I'm a big Carlos Sainz fan. I, I think he does have some to prove, but not a ton, in my opinion. Like, he's not... Mm-hmm. He, he's kind of, like, doing okay, but not above expectations. Like, you kind of would... You would kind of expect, maybe, from somebody who's going to be joining Ferrari that they're going, they're racing a little bit above expectations. Mm-hmm. Lando's out-qualified Sainz in three of the four races... Um, that being said, Sainz is consistent. He's earned points in every race in the first three races, and he would have earned points if not for something that was mostly out of control with the tires. Um, so he's still consistent. Um, but the only race where he's gained places was the very first race. And that was because of two DNFs too, with Albon and Verstappen. 
so I mean, he has good pace in qualifying, like decent pace in qualifying. But then the race day, yeah, he's got some. He's he still needs to prove a little bit. I think he I I think he knows that too. He's been disappointed in his finishes. He said so. I, I think he knows that. Um, especially in a year, think about it. When McLaren like may have a better car than Ferrari, you should be you you should be like either out driving or driving consistent with Leclerc probably. So I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? No, I mean, I basically came to the same conclusion as you did. Like, I think he's been good, but not great. And you'd expect great from someone who is joining Ferrari, or at least yeah. great within, like, the confines of what he could do in a non-Mercedes car. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned this too, but Lando Norris has been arguably better than him this year, qualifying yeah. higher, finishing higher in a lot of races. There have been highlights for him. I think he got a fastest lap in one of the first two Grand Prix. Sainz yeah. did. Him and Norris each got one. Um, he finished fifth. But he has fallen back from the high starting positions, and mm-hmm. like though this weekend wasn't his fault, he blew out the tire and finished out of, like out of the points. And I just don't think it's like if someone's joining Ferrari, you expect the best out of them. And he has given like I don't know if you'd expect an eight out of ten for someone joining Ferrari or a nine out of ten, he's been like consistently a six or a seven, in which he's like above average. And like you can yeah. see what's there <clears> and why Ferrari is picking him as one of their new drivers. But I just think he needs more consistent results throughout the year and to improve upon his qualifying rather than just sort of lingering around where he starts or falling back. Yeah. And you see like F1, F1 teams gamble a lot or they, they like put a lot of stock into like the promise of a driver and like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this driver is going to improve once he gets the right car and everything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he has the right car now. You know, I, I not saying he hasn't improved, but he has the, he has the right car now. So. I I I want to see him. Yeah, I want to see him improve, but through this season, as he gets more yeah. used to the car and everything. So, yeah, at the very least, I think he'll be an improvement over Vettel, who's there now. Yeah, he probably will. <laughs> yeah. So, um, going into one big team from Ferrari to another team in Red Bull, we're going to talk a little bit about their specific strategy within this race, and then a little more about sort of the dynamics between their drivers. So first off, Verstappen pitted right at the end of the race and it might have cost him the win. Do you think that was the right decision, Darren? I mean, yeah, if they if they saw that Verstappen's tires were also on the ropes, which I think they did, then it's a good decision. But to be fair, like, I don't know, there's a definite possibility that Hamilton would also suffer a blown tire if both Mercedes, if, if the Mercedes car did too. And like... What what is really why go for like one extra point by getting the fastest lap like mm-hmm. how how much like how much is that really that valuable I I don't know I I get it like they had a free they thought they had a free pit stop I totally get it but I don't know I I think you would want to it I would want to stay out there and try to get the race win rather than like okay well let's just get this one extra point like you know because you might even if you pit you might not get the fastest lap it might just mm-hmm. be a wasted pit stop. But if you stay out, Hamilton has a problem. You get, what is it, seven extra points. So I'm not too mad with it, but yeah. Yeah, nor am I. I think hindsight's really 2020 on this one. Like, yeah. is like everyone else's tires were like going. And I don't know if it's like in the moment worth the risk of like maybe your tires go out, but you also might get first versus like Hamilton's tires, you know, might blow out. And I'm like, I might jump that place, but. I could also like fall back to 12th or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I mean, like you said before, the fastest lap point is nice. So if you don't think that you can jump that high up 
you might as well go for it. So, I mean, like, yes, in retrospect, I think it would have been nice for him to not pit and have a shot at winning the race, but yeah. I don't blame that call in the moment at all. I think it was probably the right decision in the moment. Yeah, I think that, like, Red Red Bull probably doesn't... I, I, I feel like at this point, then, they're not trying to beat Mercedes, really. They're just trying to hold on to their second spot. That's yeah. what I, I kind of inferred by that move, that, like, we're just trying to get this... That one extra point might separate us from McLaren or Ferrari... But it's not going to separate us from Mercedes. They're already, what, like 40 points ahead, something like that. Yeah. So. yeah. Which is, you know, not the worst strategy in terms of just, like, the optics of it. Like, having yeah. that second place versus maybe slipping into third or fourth when you already know that gap is so big to first. That... Yeah, that's a good point. Does it look better to close the gap to Mercedes or just to hold on a second? Yeah, that's exactly. it. That's a good point. Um, so, talking about Verstappen, does do you think he has a shot at catching Bottas for the number two spot in the Drivers' Championship? He's... Now six points behind, I believe. Yeah. So, realistically, as much as I want it to happen, I think I'm going to say no. Mm. I think the Mercedes car is just too good, even though I think Verstappen is the better driver of the two of them. Um, Bottas is still ahead after finishing outside the points this week, and I don't think that's going to happen again. I think, you know, there might be a race or two where Verstappen finishes higher than him, but... Overall, I just don't think Red Bull has the car to consistently outperform Mercedes. And that's what it comes down to. I think more than driver skill at any point. So mm. as much as I want it to happen, and I think it might be close for that second spot, I can't see Verstappen getting it. What about you? I think he has a shot, yeah. I, I do. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think. Well, so he, because think about it. If Verstappen, they're, Verstappen and Bottas are now equal in that they both had a race where they didn't score points because Verstappen's first race, that's true. he didn't finish. So, I mean, if, if Verstappen didn't have problems that race, he would be ahead right right now. But, you know, that's, that's too, so many what-ifs. But I, I think Red Bull thinks their car is getting better each week. Um, they're sti- they still are, like, a second behind Hamilton. But but Bottas is, like, uh, is not on the pace of Hamilton. So, I, I, and, and if there's a safety car, like, they get lucky with the safety cars. Like, I remember the first race, Alex Albon had a chance to pat, to get first, possibly, because of safety cars. So if, if if things like that happen in races, he's definitely got a shot. I'm not counting him out yet. Um, so yeah, I, we'll we'll see. Uh, but I'm not yeah. counting him out. Yeah. Well, speaking of Alex Albon, um, <laughs> he finished P8 this week, if I'm not mistaken. So do you think there should be more pressure on him to get better results at this point? Uh, I don't think there should be, but I think he is definitely feeling pressure. Like the first race, he was fearless. He uh, he maybe could have won it, you know. He was like he was like I don't care if Lewis Hamilton's in front of me, I'm gonna pass him. And then and then, you know, questionable move. I it was kind of a racing incident, but questionable move anyway. Now I think he's pushing a little bit and making some clumsy mistakes, which you saw when he colli- uh, when he collided with Magnussen this week. Yeah. When, so because right now he's battling he's battling with like. Gasly and like Vettel and like Perez when he should be battling with like Leclerc and Norris right now you know what I mean like he should be up he probably should be fourth or fifth in the driver's standing this year you know yeah. which so yeah his ra- his race day performance is, has been like pretty good overall like he made up a lot of spots but yeah. um, he needs to fix qualifying though I don't know what's going on there yeah, I mean, that's my biggest takeaway, too, is that, like, I think he has the potential to be an impressive driver, and while I don't think there's, like, mounting pressure on him yet, I think if he doesn't get up into that, like, Norris Leclerc-type range in the next few races or by the end of the season, then I feel like the walls start to close in a little bit. Like, I feel like at yeah. this point, like, 
If Verstappen is only like third overall in the driver's standings and Albon is sixth, I feel like that's somewhat reasonable, but you'd expect him to maybe be a place or two higher. And mm-hmm. I think he does have the potential to be a great driver. Like we said, like him moving from the back of the pack to eighth is like a genuinely impressive drive. Yeah. Like over the course. So like while P eight might not be great in the greater scheme of themes or in the greater scheme of things, like looking at this race specifically, like I think he drove impressively. And again, yeah. he hasn't been horrible this year. He has like yeah. some upper tier finishes, but I just don't <laughs> think that necessarily those will hold up in Red Bull as you've seen them like axe drivers pretty quickly recently yeah. with Pierre Gasly. And even though Albin has been like as a whole, I think a little better than Gasly was, like it's not a big enough gap between like how good each of them were at this stage that I could see them giving Albin a long leash. Like I could see mm. if the results start to slip even a little bit, maybe he gets cut. Yeah. I mean, he only has 10 races this year too, you know, I yeah. mean, probably at least we don't really know yet on if the calendar solidified, but yeah, it's a coronavirus year. You, you gotta, yeah, you gotta give him a long leash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of, you brought up Gasly. It is Pierre Gasly had a finished seventh. He had a good race. Is he underrated? Yes. Yeah. In short, I think he is. <laughs> um, I think he's a better driver than people give him credit for. I think it was like a hard situation last year with Red yeah. Bull taking over for Daniel Ricciardo, who, like we mentioned before, was like third in the driver's standings at one point overall. And I think he might have just been a little nervous getting into it. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at their first four races last year and Albans this year, um, Gasly in his first four in 2019 with Red Bull was 11th, 8th, 6th, and retired. Mm-hmm. And Albin was... 14th or was 13th 4th 5th and 8th and which i think is like yes albin has been slightly better but it's like sort of within the margin of error there and it's yeah. <laughs> always your fault for ghastly yeah. so i think they're two drivers of pretty similar skill and i think because he was cut from red bull last year Gasly's just sort of seen as a failure mm-hmm. um but i don't think that's necessarily reflective of his skill as a driver which i think is probably in contention with a guy like albin yeah. Should he? Okay. So this is my question. Should he? D- do you think Gasly wants the Red Bull seat? Do you think he'll ever be back at Red Bull, or what? Do, what do you think? Or is Gasly racing for something else? If I were him, I wouldn't want to be back in Red Bull. If yeah. To be honest, like if they didn't believe in me yeah. after like a, a half a bad season, like I think he's racing for a spot. Maybe not at like a Ferrari or a Mercedes or a Mercedes yet, mm-hmm. but maybe like to a McLaren or a Renault or a team that's like upper of the best of the rest yeah and then maybe from that point try and move into like a ferrari and mercedes but at this point i think he's sort of racing for one of those seats um and then seeing where his career goes from there but if i were him i wouldn't go back to red bull like they didn't believe in him yeah. and only gave him a half a season so i mean red bull probably yeah they probably won't take him back anyway just because i'm sure there's like a lack of trust in some ways between those parties yeah the, the, another question do you think gasly like is genuinely comparing himself to Albon right now or that he has a rivalry with him or do you think that the Gasly Albon thing is kind of like manufactured by us what do you think I don't know it's hard to divorce <laughs> that in my head because like yeah I, if, if I were him if I were Gasly I'd be like yeah I want to beat Albon every week like he took gotcha. my spot and I'm in like a worse <laughs> car at this point and I'm yeah. like placing ahead of him in some races but I don't know I, I don't know what do you think I, I think it's mostly manufactured by us Mm-hmm. I, I like his I because I don't think he has a rivalry with Albon because he's like Albon didn't like force his way in you know like the Red mm-hmm. Bull is Red Bull's decision to take me out so I don't That's think fair. he has any like bad blood with Albon or anything 
Um, I think he, I think he's just racing. He just wants to get his be- the best results possible with AlphaTauri to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get in a better car. Um, yeah, like so. I think Gasly's super underrated. Like he was, he was in sixth place of the driver standings when he got dropped by Red Bull, which is exactly where he should have been. Really, like yeah. when you when you think there were two Mercedes drivers, two Ferrari drivers, and then Verstappen, you know, are mm-hmm. are ahead of him. That's like where he should have been. I mean, I don't even know if he should have got dropped just because he was, they were measuring a, Yeah, they were measuring him, to, like you said, to Daniel Ricciardo, who was winning races and everything. Where Gasly's, like, young, and he's still, like, I think he's 24. Like, he's still super young. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Gasly's, Gasly obviously is better than his teammate. Like, his race day performance has been great. Um, I will say that a lot of the places he's gained in races have been to retirements. Mm-hmm. Like, um in this weekend, he gained two places to retirement, basically. Um, but two but two of them were genuine, um, either through pitch strategy overtakes. So, yeah, I think I think he's overrated, or underrated in, in general. Um, another question for you, though, Lucas. So if a spot for a top team, like let, let's say Mercedes or Ferrari, opened up, would you take Gasly or George Russell? So I realized I just hyped up gasly a lot but i think i would choose george russell so Whoa. i think at this point uh gasly's had the chance to prove himself on a top team and it didn't come through like i think he might need like sort of a stepping stone to like go mm. from current team to like mclaren to then to ferrari or mercedes but i think george russell is just like such raw talent that like i might take a chance on him if i were like mercedes or ferrari and if it doesn't work out for a year then like so what um but i think he's shown like he has the potential to do very well. He won the F2 championship in 2018. And there's not really much he can currently do in a Williams car. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I think I might take a chance on somebody who is just, from everything I've read and from what you can see in the car he's in, have just, like, a lot of raw talent. So I think if I were in a Mercedes or Ferrari, you know, it might not work out. It's a high-risk, high-reward. But i take George Russell. Mm. What about you? I, I like I like both of the drivers. I get yeah. the hype around George Russell, but I also don't get the hype around him because we're we're really just betting all on promise. We haven't seen like because like you said, he can't prove really anything. We're we're thinking in the Williams, mm-hmm. so I would want to see what he can do in like a car that actually can compete before I would before I'd like yeah the Mercedes spot is yours, yeah, I, and fair. I think yeah i mean gasly gasly was um the gp2 champion in 2016 which has now become formula two so he he knows how to race i i i don't know we we could even question has russell really gotten the best out of the car he probably has but we we don't know for sure yeah Um, i mean it's it's just so hard to judge in a car that like honestly even on its best day probably won't be the points yeah i know that george russell fans will be like well he outperforms his teammate latifi but gasly has the same argument so yeah. With at at AlphaTauri, so honestly, I I would rather I feel like Gasly with his like experience. I'm sure he's got gained like a lot of maturity from his whole Red Bull experience, and I would feel a lot more comfortable giving him a spot than George Russell. I would want to see George Russell wait racing for like a racing point or uh or yeah like a McLaren or some or Renault or somebody somebody in the midfield that like actually has a spot at, shot at getting points to see what he can do. Um, yeah, so. That's that's just that's kind of what I'm thinking, but yeah, that I will... think you, you you might have swayed me a little bit. So. <laughs> well, I, yeah, there's a lot of I agree. There's a ton of promise with George Russell, but I, I, yeah, I just don't know. So, 
Um, that will conclude our episode today, though. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, please subscribe and leave a like on YouTube because, as Lucas said, that will tell us what you, content you guys enjoy and it will help us make better videos and audio in the future. Um, comment below with your thoughts as well on any of the takes, especially if you would take Gasly or George Russell. Let us know on that. And um, have a good week. Thank you. <laughs>